On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, the Tesla Solar City merger gets the green light from shareholders, Elon's P100D ludicrous mode Easter egg is revealed, your Model 3 might be required by the government to make noise at low speeds, and more. Howdy, friends. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 68 for November 20th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by the artist formerly known as Maggie the Boxer, now known as she has adopted her new moniker, MTB. Uh, She's snoozing on top of my couch. Uh, My couch in my office where I record the show uh, looks out, uh, out our front window onto the street, and she... It's the perfect height where if she gets on top of the cushions, the back cushions, uh, she just likes to look out into the street and see what's doing. So she's snoozing on top of it, sprawled out, taking up about two-thirds of it right now. She is doing well. I appreciate your continued well wishes. Uh, I have uh, her checkup is this coming Wednesday, which will be a full, let's see, three weeks after the incident uh, her big, her big incident, and fortunately, it's been now. Uh, it was last. Two, it was election night that uh, that she had the one other bleeding from that lesion uh, since since the uh, the initial you know major incident. So, uh, knock on wood, it's been it's been a, a good go. So hopefully, that lesion is healing and doing well. We're gonna find out at that checkup. They're gonna sedate her just a little bit, like not totally knock her out. But just enough to kind of get her laying there, and uh, they, so they can really look under her tongue and see what's what's going on. Hi, Mags. Now she, now she heard her name. She's looking at me. But in any case, yes. Thank you all for your continued uh, well wishes with Maggie. I uh, I'm hoping to get some really good news next week. All right. Uh, before I get rolling, Tesla amended the referral program ever so slightly this week, and it just motivated me to want to try and. Uh, try and make this happen for Michael from Milbray a little more. Michael from Milbray is the very kind listener who has donated his code for this referral program, giving me a chance to win a ludicrous X uh, if his name is drawn in the in the referral raffle. And you get, of course, if you buy a Tesla using his code, you're going to get $1,000 off of your car. The change is that they've added a prize for seven referrals. So if we can get to seven for Michael from Milbray, he is going to get not only a power wall and not only a power wall in red that you can't buy in sort of the Tesla red, but it is going to be a power wall autographed by Elon Musk, J.B. Straubel, and I think, I don't know if Franz was in there or not. I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. I apologize. But an autographed Elon Musk uh, power wall, which... I would love to to make happen for Michael. So again, with the holidays coming and an apparent price increase coming on the car and the whole supercharger program changing over at the first of the year, if you have been on the fence and you are planning to order a Model S or Model X, go ahead and get yourself a thousand bucks off and we'll try and get Michael that that custom autographed Powerwall. So the website to punch in to get your thousand dollar code, ts.la slash Michael2204. That's ts.la slash Michael2204. And that'll take you to a design studio and you know what to do from there. Let's move on to this week's Tesla news. And it was once again a busy one. Uh, Yet again, next week's got to be quiet, right? Because it's Thanksgiving week, short week, I would think. But in any case, this week, Elon Musk revealing on Twitter the nature of the P100D Easter egg that he teased recently that said uh, that he was teasing sort of some more performance, and he was not kidding. The Easter egg, we don't know what exactly the Easter egg is or how to find it yet, but what it's going to do when you find it and activate it is get you an extra tenth of a second quicker to zero to 60, to 60 miles an hour in both the S and the X, and an extra tenth of a second quicker in the quarter mile. Now, 
think about this for for a second or 2.4 of them <laughs> to be precise the p100d model s will now accelerate to 60 miles an hour in 2.4 seconds which again just firmly cements it as the quickest production car on the planet uh, that that the 2.5 that it is now by the way has been independently verified uh, brooks from drag times pulled it off no problem and by the way the model x a 5000 pound 7 seat sports utility vehicle uh, is will get to 60 miles an hour in 2.8 seconds with this new P100D Easter egg. 2.8 seconds in a massive SUV. That is absurd. Now, if I could talk to Elon Musk about this, I, I, I wonder how the conversation would go. And it's so mind-blowing that how... what the, and This is a software update, folks. This is an over-the-air software update that's going to make the car faster. If I, could add, if I could talk to Elon about this, I feel like it would go kind of like a scene from one of my all-time favorite cult classic films, a film that I feel is very underrated, Basketball, with Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the creators of South Park. I feel like it would go kind of like this. Dude. 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 Well, I guess you've got a point there. On a more serious note, uh, I, I couldn't resist the opportunity to put in a uh, basketball joke there. Uh, on a more serious note, what this does for me as a Model 3 reservation holder and someone who is hoping maybe to have a shot at a ludicrous Model 3, I don't know, but uh, whether I do or don't, I this pushes my expectations for Model 3's performance even higher, with uh, I mean, at least on the high-end ludicrous mode car. I mean, if the S is at 2.4 seconds to 60, and the X is at 2.8, I'll tell you, I am upping my forecast on this. I think now that the Model 3 Ludicrous is going to be under 3 seconds to 60. I really do. You know, I'm not sure how far under 3 seconds, but I think it's going to be under 3. With uh, I just don't see a Ludicrous 3 being that far removed from the X from the you know from any either of the two ludic other ludicrous cars I think it's going to be it's going to be under 3 now my my upgraded optimism here is only reinforced by the news from a JB Straubel presentation this past week where he told told us all that the Model 3 cells will be will have 30% higher energy density than the original Model S cells. So obviously the S cells have come a little along since then, but the point is uh, more power. I mean, if you think about that, that means 30% more power crammed into what would be the same space. Now, you know, the 2170 cells that are going to go into the three are taller cells. They are a different size than the Model S cells. But uh, if you if you just just as a point of reference, so it's picture the same exact cell that's in a Model S that can hold thirty percent more juice in it, uh, and power needs juice to pull from in order to get that power in a Tesla. So more power crammed into a battery pack that is going to be very close to the Model S's battery pack today in size. Because remember the the wheelbase of the three is nearly the same as the S. It's the, dis the difference in size from the S, and the, the S and the 3 comes from the 3 being a little uh, narrower. It's not as wide as the S. But it mostly comes from the front and rear ends being shorter, but not so much the wheelbase. Now, the, the, the cabin itself, the, the passenger compartment, is virtually the same size in the 3 as it is in the S. So that means a battery pack, a skateboard, that is going to be close to the same physical size as the S. So that means that the 3 should be able to pull a lot of horsepower, especially when you also remember that the Model 3 is going to weigh less than the Model S as well. So uh, I cannot wait to see what the Model 3's ultimate performance is going to be capable of, Whether, regardless of whether or not I'm, I'm able to afford it. Uh, we shall see, but 
that is, this is just awesome. I mean, and if you happen to be a listener out there with a P100D, I just, I can't imagine how good that would feel. If I had a P100D in my garage right now, and this week I logged onto the internet, checked Twitter, looked at Elon's profile, and saw this news that, that the car is going to be even, that it's, I'm just going to wake up and it's going to be quicker. One, and that's, by the way, that's next month. It's due in December. I, I would just get a big, a big grin on my face, and it would only reinforce my enthusiasm and love for Tesla. It would, it would make my purchasing decision even more validated. That's exactly what it would do. So just bravo to Tesla for, for doing this. And they've done it before. This is not the first over-the-air performance update they've done. But my goodness, is it... I, I hope us Model 3 owners get to experience that at some point. An over-the-air software update that makes the cars have better performance. So good. Uh, that is awesome stuff. Now, the big news item of the week was the vote on the Solar City Tesla merger. Elon had been pushing for it hard, as we know. I've, I've talked about my stance on it, which was I'm, I'm great with it on paper, but I don't know if I like the, uh, the timing of it, given that it might, you know, my preference that they focus entirely on Model 3, but it was indeed approved by an estimated 85% of shareholders, and I've got some clips from that call, uh, from that presentation where they, uh, for the vote, and they, there was an Elon Q&A after, so here is the announcement of the merger approval straight from Tesla. Uh, I'm pleased to say that based on the proxies that we've previously received, our shareholders have overwhelmingly approved each proposal. So, yeah. There will be a final report um, given by the inspector of elections, but based on the proxies we, we've received so far, Tesla's acquisition of SolarCity received the approval of more than 85% of the unaffiliated votes cast at the meeting. So thank you to all of our shareholders for your support. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. So there you go. Elon got his wish. You know, as I've said, uh, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, if I, if I were voting, I don't know what I would do. But I think at the end of the day, I think I said this on the podcast is, you know, if, if Elon thinks it's a good idea, I absolutely trust him. I give him the, the benefit of the doubt and I probably would have voted yes. And it seems that most shareholders did indeed feel the same way. So uh, congratulations to Tesla and to Solar City on the merger. And hopefully it will be a uh, just a, a wonderful thing for both companies. And now obviously one company and for, for customers and for, for solar energy. Uh, that's what a lot of the Q&A with Elon was about. He snuck in. There was a little bit of Model 3 uh, news in there, which we'll get to in a minute. So here is the Elon Q&A. This was not very long. It was only about 15 or so minutes, 20 minutes tops. Uh, but he, nevertheless, it's Elon Musk. He almost always says something interesting because he can't help but, uh, but answer things in an in a honest and complete, thoughtful way. I have noticed with Elon lately, from listening to all these, every time he talks, I, you know, I listen to it, I have noticed he's gotten better, possibly at the behest of his communications team, but Elon has gotten better about just straight up saying, oh, we're not here to talk about that, if somebody asks something that's you know, completely unrelated to what the subject at hand is. And that happened in this. I, I, you know, I'm not going to play that for you. I'm just, I've got the, the highlights here. But he has gotten better, whereas he never, like in the past, because I think people started to figure out, oh, we can just ask him about anything, and he's going to answer it honestly and thoughtfully. And I, I'm guessing somebody got a hold of him and said, listen, Elon, we we got we to gotta ease back a little bit. So uh, he is getting a little bit better about being more restrained in these things. But the, the questions he does answer, he still does so in a very honest and thoughtful way. So here is Elon uh, commenting about uh, sort of dr the, the big bomb bombshell, as it were, with this is, is, a, is a careful non-promise. But this is Elon more directly answering the question about how much the solar roof is going to cost. You'll remember that at the solar roof unveiling event, this was something I was very critical of, was that there was just no real idea, no ballpark given for a cost here. So he addresses that here. 
So yeah, I'd like to, to thank uh, uh, all of the unaffiliated shareholders that uh, voted in favor of the uh, transaction um, uh, by, by an overwhelming margin. So um, I think uh, your faith will be rewarded. It's, it's really going to be, I think, some amazing stuff that, that comes out. Um, in fact, I was just meeting with the, earlier today, meeting with the SolarCity uh, uh, engineering team, and, um, you know, I, I don't want to 100% commit to this yet, but it's looking pr quite promising that, that a solar roof will actually cost less than a normal roof before you even take the value of electricity into account. So... So, so the basic proposition would be, would you like a roof that looks better than a normal roof, lasts twice as long, costs less, and, by the way, generates electricity? It's like, why would you get anything else? Like, uh, maybe there's a reason. I'm not sure why. But um, anyway, so that's, looking, that's really looking really promising, and I think there's, there's even room for, for improvement beyond there. So I'm um, you know, very excited about where things are going to go uh, with, with the solar roof, integrated with the, the power wall and with the... Um, you know, obviously with electric, with electric cars. So that is game over at that point, in my humble opinion. If that actually comes to bear, and note there that Elon is very careful to not promise that a solar roof will be cheaper than a regular roof, then he's absolutely right. It's going to be, for me, it's, it's going to be just like it was with the cars, I think, in that some enthusiast in your neighborhood... We'll, we'll be the first one on the block to get a solar roof. Then all the neighbors are going to walk or drive by that house and see how cool it looks. And then they're going to ask that homeowner about it. Because, you know, most neighborhoods, uh, you, you, you say hi to your neighbors, you talk to your neighbors. And then, and then that person's going to get one. And it's going to spread around. It's just going to go viral neighborhood by neighborhood like that. So it's going to take time, of course, much longer than the cars. Than, than the sort of viral success of the Model S because just for the simple matter, of course, that roofs don't need to be replaced nearly as often as cars do. So it's, it's going to take some time. But I think, I think that's how it's going to happen. If, if the cost uh, efficiency is there, even without factoring in the electricity, the benefit of the electricity gained, I mean, that's Elon's right. It is game over. Why, why would you buy anything else? At that point, so that is awesome news. If in fact Tesla slash Solar City, we're just we're just going to call them Tesla now. <laughs> it's, it's easier that way. Fewer syllables, fewer breaths. But uh, if Tesla can pull that off, that is going to be fantastic. In this clip here, Elon uh, has some choice words for California for California legislators regarding. Uh, if you're not familiar, out here in California. The, we have a $2,500 state rebate on the, on Teslas. It's you know electric vehicles of a certain you know that are a certain price, which the Teslas qualify for, but it is capped at a household income level. It's something I, I don't have it in front of me. I believe it's something like it might it might want to say it might be even like 400k. It's it's not it's a lot of money. Like it's most a lot of people are still qualified, but the the sort of ver, the well the much wealthier folks. Uh, who have Teslas are in California are no longer uh, uh, um, eligible. That's the word I'm looking for, sorry. No longer eligible for it. And Elon uh, has some choice words about that. Listen right here. And then ironically in California, they put an income cap on the $2,500 in incentive. Uh, so many of our customers don't even qualify for the, the $2,500 incentive because of the income cap which I think is really quite destructive since we're the, and, and doesn't make any sense to me because we're the only car company left in California. Um, <laughs> it's like, Tesla is the biggest manufacturer in California. Um, so I, I don't understand why the legislature would, legislature would do such a thing. That's ultimately to the detriment of, of its own state. Anyway, these things are puzzling. Um, so you know that I... Uh, have all the, the admiration in the world for Elon Musk, but I do disagree with him from time to time. And I have to say, I disagree with him here. And I don't mean this to hear me out because I'm not just, hopefully you won't think, oh, well, just because I, Ryan McCaffrey doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make a ton of money, of course he's going to say this. But for me, the reason I disagree with Elon on this is because 
Uh, I think that it that the the cap that the state put on it is meant to give that incentive, which, uh, by the way, comes from a limited pool of money that has to be renewed. It, it The cap makes sure that, that that money will go to folks who don't make as much money, and thus it might push them over the edge from not being able to afford the electric vehicle to being able to afford it, thus putting another EV on the road where there otherwise wouldn't have been one if that uh, if those funds and resources were being taken up entirely, you know, by uh, by the very very higher income folks. I mean, with no, you know, of course those those people are uh, deserve a lot of thanks from you know the the automotive community, the electric vehicle community, because it's great that that anyone that that people with means or otherwise or not are purchasing electric vehicles and helping spur that revolution. I mean, that that was the whole economic model of Tesla was start with the roadster, the expensive car. Uh, wealthy people will will hopefully take to it if it's a good product and that will fund the cheaper version and then th- which is the S and then that the success of that will fund the cheaper version which is the 3. So it, it is sort of that uh, just that, that sort of trickle trickle down effect. I don't mean it in sort of the traditional uh, Reaganomics type way, I guess, but um, you know, and I, and I stand to be a Model 3 person who, and yes, I do owe that thanks to those Roadster and Model S and X owners, but at the same time, I, I don't blame, I don't, I don't see a problem with California capping it so that more folks uh, who maybe other, you know, again, when you're not, if you don't look at it from an economic perspective, from a, from a, you know, uh, tax bracket situation and look at it instead as a, getting as many EVs on the road as possible. You know, it, the, the wealthier person who is above that cap and is, is not going to get that $2,500 rebate, that's probably not going to stop them from buying the Tesla if they desire it because they clearly have the means, the financial means to do so. But uh, if, a, uh, if a, you know, lower uh, tax bracket person can't get that, those funds, that, that rebate, then that is, in fact, going to stop them from getting an EV. So respectfully disagree with Elon on that one. Uh, as for the availability of the solar roof, that was sort of my other big question from, from that initial solar roof event that, uh, that I had a lot of you know, questions about. Well, Elon uh, did directly address that here now that the two companies are merged. So here is Elon on when you can get your solar roof. Uh, yeah, sort of partially answered this question. So we expect to start uh, doing the solar roofs in volume uh, in summer next year. Um, so we'll, we'll, and we'll roll out, there's four main types, if you, if you saw the, the rollout, and we'll roll them out one at a time. So we'll start off probably in like three month intervals, uh, start with the one that appears to be the most popular, and then, and then roll the, each um, new variant out roughly on three month cycles from summer next year. Um, and the, the, the cost will obviously vary according to the size of the house and the difficulty of the installation. But the important thing is that the apples-to-apples comparison compared to a regular roof, we're confident will be at, at, at least at, and we believe slightly below, the cost of a regular roof. And then electricity is just a bonus. That is fantastic news if, if uh, Tesla can indeed get them out that quickly. But remember, do you have to, there's, there's still the, again, I mean this respectfully, there is the Elon time factor to be taken into consideration here. So uh, if you're interested, you know, be, be, be optimistic that you can hook that up in the summertime, but, may, but don't totally bank on it, uh, would, be, would be my only humble, friendly suggestion there. Uh, Elon did also take uh, the opportunity to comment on his competition, and he specifically talked about the Chevy Bolt, which was really in the news this week. I'm going to talk about this. Uh, in just a second, but first, let's hear Elon's comment on that subject. Um, thoughts on new competitors? Well, it's certainly encouraging to see uh, other car makers do electric cars. Um, I am a little concerned about the the pace and volume of, of what they're doing, since they they seem to be mostly aiming to just target whatever the incentive threshold is, and and then not really do serious volume beyond that. Um, so the, as, as I said a moment ago, the, 
the incentives don't scale with volume. So the major manufacturers are not, from what we see, maybe with the exception of what Volkswagen says they're going to do, um, none of the competitors are planning to do uh, serious volume in, in electric vehicles yet. Um, that they're just sized to, to stay within the, the, the volume constraints of the, of the incentives. Um, so the, 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 I think this is like this, the Chevrolet Bolt, or the B, um, <clears throat> is I think aimed for, they're aiming for like 20 to 30,000 cars a year. But really a car like that should be three to 500,000 per year um, for it to really make a difference. I have to say, I think it, it's kind of sad that he feels this way, not, and not that he is, not that he's, oh, he's a sad, in a, like in a derogatory way, but I mean, I'm sad for him since Elon's entire goal, and again, we've seen enough of this man to believe him, that this is a truly, you know, altruistic thing that, that he is doing this, this endeavor, and it's not just trying to turn himself into a billionaire, uh, you know, his whole goal is to get everyone making electric vehicles and selling electric vehicles. And, you know, obviously you heard there that he mentioned the Bolt directly at the end. And uh, I wonder if Chevy is going to respond to Elon there because Mary Barra, the CEO of Chevy and just Chevy in general, they have taken direct shots at Elon and Tesla in the past. So we'll have to see if they respond now. Uh I, I made those show notes uh, and uh, and sort of made that note to myself before this little nugget of news happened, which was well, which was that uh, the Chevy Bolt will not be making quite as wide of a debut as Chevy had originally promised. Uh, the car is still scheduled to get out there in 2016, which of course is. Six within the next six weeks, but only in California and Oregon. Uh, and the car will be available in now limited quantities elsewhere in 2017. So uh, that sort of, to me, that feeds right into my next point. I was gonna, what I was gonna say next was, and I do still mean this. Uh, I do want to wish congratulations to Chevy on the Chevy Bolt being Motor Trend's car of the year for 2017. Uh, uh, that being said, I do think it's a little weird to give an award like that without the car being released because as a, as a fellow journalist, uh, I think about how it would put Motor Trend in a really difficult and awkward position if, say, the cars came out and were riddled with bugs uh, and there was some sort of scandal that broke out over that. Or if, say, you gave the award and then Chevy came out and said, oops, we're barely going to have any cars next year. I mean, that's that makes it a, a, a you know, I feel like Motor Trend kind of painted themselves into a bit of an awkward situation. I'm not saying the car isn't deserving. I'm just saying that the, the timing of it, uh, you know, is sort of, if I'm a buyer, I'm like, okay, well... It's great that they love this car, but it's not even out yet. So, you know, what, what, what's it like in the real world? But uh, nevertheless, it's great. It's great to have an electric vehicle win this award twice in the last several years after, uh, remember, an EV had never, never won Motor Trend Car of the Year. Hopefully, the Model 3 will make it two EVs in a row. Uh, and three in the last six come this time next year. Uh, and and on the, the note of the Bolt, I spotted another one. This is the second one I've seen now. I guess I guess now that since I'm in California, which is the one of the only two places they're going to be, I'll start seeing them. But I spotted another one driving right next to me. It was in the lane right next to me on my way to work the other day. And this one was 100% for sure doing some sort of self-driving research or data gathering because it actually, it was some company name, but then it, it actually said so on the side. It was like, join the driverless revolution or something. It was some, some company name with a slogan that had the word driverless in it. Uh, now, the, the, uh, the guy was driving. I did look because I was like, oh, is he, is he driving or is the car driving? The, the guy was manipulating the wheel. But 
Uh, again, yeah, getting a really, really up close look at the at the uh, the bolt. I just it's just kind of benign to me. I know I kind of said this already, but I just wanted to comment again after getting a, a very up close look at it from you know two feet away in my in the, the next lane and from my own car. I mean, it's it's by no means uh, leaf levels of ugly. Not nothing on the road is that is that hideous. And if you own a leaf, I, I mean, no offense. It's just my, my take on the leaf. I've said it before, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's, the bolt is not, it's not leaf. Uh, it doesn't have leaf looks, but it's also no model S either. It's just sort of this weird, not weird. It's just this sort of benign place in between. Like you wouldn't look at that car and go, Whoa, that is, that is one good looking car. I got to find out more about that car. It just sort of, it's not, it's, it's inoffensive. It's like, it's like wallpaper. The car is like wallpaper from a design perspective, but, um, Motor Trend loved it. And that's great. You know, they, 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 their tests, they got, uh, the EPA rating of about 238 miles, you know, on sort of just normal to idealish driving conditions. And they were, they were careful to note in their write up that yes, you know, if you're in, that various conditions will, of course, affect that, you know, whether you're stomping on the accelerator pedal or you're, you know, got a big headwind or you're, uh, you've got elevation situation to deal with or there's a heavy wind or this thing, this, that or the other thing. But nevertheless, uh, it is great. Whether or not the cars are widely available, it's good to see an electric vehicle winning uh, Motor Trend's car of the year. Next up, Motor, uh, Model 3 Supercharging. This was the other sort of quote-unquote bombshell that came out of, uh, of this Solar City tesla uh, merger vote. Listen, listen carefully here. So the beginning of this clip, you're, you're going to barely hear the question being asked by someone in the audience off mic. And if you can't hear it, don't, don't worry about it. Don't strain, don't strain yourself trying to hear it. Uh, but just listen, listen to, uh, to Elon here. Model Three, uh, I think you know. Model Three, from the beginning, we said free, free charging is not is not included in the um, in the Model Three, or, or not not free unlimited charging is not included. Uh, um, so free long distance is, but not free free local. It's just uh, it becomes really unwieldy for people to use the, the gas station um, approach for electric cars. Like cars should really be charged where you charge your phone. But then you just need to solve the long distance problem, which is what the supercharger stations will do. So I listened back to this repeatedly to try and figure out exactly what Elon was talking about. Uh, And at first, I uh, thought that he was just reiterating the new policy in a different way. But he specifically says long distance charging will be, meaning free. So... Are they going to geofence you? Uh, how is that? I'm not sure how that's going to work. I guess that's totally doable. I mean, they kind of do that with with location aware suspension settings now. So I suppose that that is already sort of in the cars. Regardless, though, even if Elon didn't misspeak on that, it's very very good news for us Model Three reservation holders. Um, and uh, by the way, I just realized I think. <laughs> I mentioned earlier where you can't hear the question at the beginning. I think that's actually this next one because uh, I listened. I listened to these and pulled all these clips earlier, so I'm half going off of memory and half going off of notes. But it's definitely this one for sure. If you if you're like, hey Ryan, you're nuts. Uh, it's definitely this one for sure now, uh, where you can't really hear the question super well. But this is a gentleman asking about part. When will part three of the Model Three reveal? be happening. That is the question that the off-mic gentleman is asking here. So listen to Elon talk about that. Uh, Today is not the time for that announcement. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I mean, it's probably, yeah, I don't know, um, you know, beginning of spring or something like that, you know, yeah, three or four months from now. All I have to say about this is that I hope it's not March 31st again because I think I'm scheduled to be on a family vacation then, just like last year. And I don't want to be faced with that Sophie's choice of uh, of staying on the vacation and missing the event 
or uh, or going to the event and cutting the vacation short. But uh, in any case, uh, me aside, we now uh, we now have a window on this, which we had not we had not had before, straight from the horse's mouth. So uh, look, I guess we are going to hear. I mean, are there going to end up being three events? I mean, because part two of of the reveal wasn't an event. Like, are there going to are there going to be three total events? Because if there was the original unveil event. Uh, of course, last March 31st. And if there's going to be this part three event, which I, I'm going to presume that this is an event and not just like another conference call, are they then going to do a launch event like they did for the Model X uh, to actually hand over some cars? So I, I do wonder if that is in fact going to be the case, but uh, that is that is really good news. So, so you know, it, it won't be too long. I mean, you're, you're, we're talking about you know, three, four months time is early springtime. So uh, mark your calendars. We are going to be learning more about Model 3 fairly soon. That's everything I've got from the Tesla Solar City merger vote meeting. The only other story I wanted to do this week before we get to the, your calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline, this comes via Electrek. And uh, it's that U.S. regulators have finally adopted a new rule that's going to force electric vehicle manufacturers to include a device in the cars that will emit a sound at speeds up to 19 miles an hour aimed at uh, protecting pedestrians. And those rules are going to go into effect in 2019. So I don't want to sound like a bad person here, because I, of course, want, you know, I don't, I don't want to hurt anyone with my car ever. That's uh, it's like one of my all-time worst nightmares is, is, is that ever happening. But I, I like the fact that Teslas are quiet and that electric vehicles are quiet. I don't want, I don't want to be in stop-and-go traffic on the 101 uh, here in Northern California and have the car be making some sort of beeping sound. When they're, of course, they're on the freeway, there are no pedestrians around. So I, I, I don't want any part of that. And I, I like that the EVs are quiet. And, you know, I, I, I don't want that messed with. But I'm, of course, at the same time, I, I want people to be safe. So uh, Elon, there's a, there's, I'm going to play another clip here in a second. But um, I wonder if, if Tesla will comply with this prior to 2019. Uh, if they don't, if they just wait till it goes into effect for to start complying with it, then those of us who are on the Model 3 reservation list now stand a good chance of getting a car that doesn't have uh, the sound-emitting pedestrian device in it. So uh, if you're like me and don't actually want that in your car, uh, then, then it's maybe a, yet another good reason that you're already on the Model 3 reservation list. Now, uh, Elon was asked this very question. Again, credit here once again goes to Electrek. This was in the same story. They had the uh, the excellent uh, callback here. So kudos, Electrek. This is from the 2013 Tesla shareholder meeting where Elon was asked about this exact thing about, hey, would you ever consider adding a noise to the cars for you know kids playing in the neighborhood kind of thing? So here was Elon's response to that question, which I think is still very much relevant here three years later. The, 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 there is this question of, um, of, of adding, making, having the Model S make, make a noise. Um, obviously, the, the, the challenge there is to avoid noise pollution at the same time. Um, we're in discussions with, <laughs> yeah, definitely there's two schools of thought on this. Um, I think something that might, I mean, I think the, the, the sensible, I think ideal thing long term is, is to have proximity sensors that direct a pleasant sounding noise um, in the direction of, of where somebody's walking. Um, so therefore, it's the least amount of noise, and it's not annoying, and it's only going to where it needs to go. That's what I think is the right long-term solution. It'll take a bit of work to get there, but I think that's hopefully where things will end up. So we'll see. Elon's solution there from three years ago sounds like a pretty reasonable solution that I, that I certainly, I could live with that if the car just sort of 
used its uh, radar sensor to see where, because we, we already know that the radar now, autopilot one, hardware one rather, can tell, can see pedestrians, can tell that it is a person. So uh, with autopilot two, or hardware two rather, pardon me, we know that's certainly still going to be possible and they're going to be able, it's going to be able to see people at 360 degrees around the car. So uh, I like Elon's solution if that's in fact what they're able to do is just direct a pleasant sound in the direction of wherever that person is detected. So uh, Elon again on the case. That is it for the news this week. Uh, let's move on here to the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. It is your time. You're part of the show, the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where you can call in anytime, day or night, with a question, a comment, a discussion topic for the podcast. Uh, you can leave a message anytime. It's all it is. It's a voicemail box. It's a toll-free number. Call it. Skype it. That number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. Uh, and by the way, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you're interested, visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Uh, I'll mention, too, you, you're also welcome. More and more of you have started emailing me, just using your phone recorder to make a nice quality recording at your own comfortable pace uh, without the pressure of the voicemail. Uh, running. So if you want, if you prefer to do that, just record it and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Let's start with Greg from the Gold Country Foothills, not too far from here in San Francisco. He, uh, he doesn't think that the self-delivering car thing will ever happen. So let's hear from Greg about why he feels that way. Greg, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Greg from the uh, Gold Country Foothills, east of Sacramento. I want to comment on the recurring thought that I hear about Tesla maybe having its self-driving cars self-deliver themselves to a buyer's doorstep. I don't think that's ever going to happen, and here's why. It's got nothing to do with the technology, because I think Tesla already has it, if not very soon. Uh, it's nothing to do with the legal, legal environment, because that eventually can get worked out in time. I think it's all about customer touch. Tesla is a high-touch company. They strive to treat their customers like family, to nurture and support them as customers, and I think you know we kind of all appreciate that. It's a core part of the Tesla ownership, ownership experience, and it starts with the delivery and the walkthrough of the car. Uh, self-delivery, while it's cool as a technology, would totally bypass that. Very, it's a very important part of the bonding process between uh, the buyer and their car, and Tesla wants to be part of that. Uh, help orchestrate it, guide it, um, and, and build that relationship from the start. So for that reason, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Anyway, keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. That's an interesting perspective on it, Greg. I, I absolutely disagree with none of what you said. I do agree that Tesla is a, you, know, you phrase it as a high-touch company and that, and that delivery experience really being a part of things. But I'm hesitant to agree with the part where you said it's never going to happen. And here's why. Think about the iPhone now compared to the, you know, the early iPhone. Now, the iPhone is so ubiquitous, and there are so many of them made, there are so many customers, that when you buy an iPhone, it now at this point, you don't even have to go to the Apple store. It just gets shipped to your door, you take it out, you turn it on, and the phone itself walks you through the steps, through the startup, through you know getting your iTunes set up, uh, downloading any old stuff from the cloud, etc., etc., I could very easily imagine Tesla getting to a point where they could automate that delivery experience with something like that without sacrificing too much of that customer connection that you're talking about. Uh, you know, where you, your, your car delivers itself to you and then it knows when you get in it. So the first time you get in it, it's, it does start doing like a whole walkthrough thing that maybe you're required to go through before the car will turn over, you know, operational control to you. So I could definitely see them doing that. And if, and if the thing is, if Tesla is able to grow 
to make as many cars as Elon wants to per year in the next few years, it might make a lot of sense for cars to deliver themselves and then, as I mentioned, kind of give their new owners a walkthrough uh, in, in their own garage because there might be so many cars uh, being manufactured that trying to deliver them all by hand would just be an, an, an unbeatable bottleneck, just a, a crazy bottleneck. But still, you make really, really good points that I cannot disagree with in principle there. So, Greg, thank you for that call. That is an excellent call. Next up is Brian from San Clemente, California, uh, who's got his eye on a Chevy Bolt to tide him over until his Model 3. So uh, let's, I think we've got some updates for Brian. Uh, let's let's hear from Brian. Go ahead, Sarah. Hey, Ryan. This is Brian from San Clemente, California. You have a great show. Um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Chevy Bolts with a B said that they're going to be out maybe a year, maybe more than a year than the Model 3. And I've been uh, trying to call to get a Chevy Bolt just before I get my Model 3. And they said they're not going to be out till February. So Elon says the Model 3 will be out in July 1st. Uh, Bolt will be out in February. That's like only a few months difference. So we'll see how close it is. But um, I'm just going to have to wait for my Model 3 and uh, um, forget about Chevy from now on. Thanks. Bye. So bad news, Brian. As you probably heard earlier in the show, uh, it looks like you may not be getting a Bolt in February unless you happen to live in California or Oregon. And uh, the three, though, the, the, the real reason I wanted to play your call is because I wonder if other people kind of have this thought as well that maybe we can, we can help with. The Model 3 will definitely not be out in July. What I believe you're thinking of is that Elon had stated ju- that July 1st would be the part supplier deadline for the car, where they could hope theoretically start manufacturing them. But Elon himself, in that very same announcement, when he's in the same breath, he, he talked about how he acknowledged that that deadline is completely unrealistic. It's merely to get his parts suppliers in line so that if those parts suppliers can't deliver, they can move on to the plan B option to see if they can deliver. Um, but, uh, At this point, in my opinion, even the earliest Model 3 reservation holders, uh, July aside, I think think even the earliest Model 3 reservation holders should plan on December 2017 and just be pleasantly surprised if it's anything earlier. That's kind of how I am approaching it. I mean, you know, I'm not one of the earliest reservation holders, but I'm, you know, if I can get a performance car, I sit in a pretty good spot. Uh, between West Coast and performance model, uh, if if there's if I'm not going to be able to get the performance model, it could change things significantly. But in any case, uh, December, if if you're even you know getting a performance model, you live in California, uh, I I would think December is probably the earliest you're looking at. Just again, given given Tesla's track record with cars, I know you know there's a lot more riding on the Model Three. They've been very very public about the deadlines and the dates, so. We'll see what happens. Next up, Walter from Vancouver Island, a regular caller. He uh, wanted to call in with his response to the Tesla Solar City merger and uh, mention mention another article he saw on the Model Three recently and something about that very thing. Walter, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Walter calling from Vancouver Island, Canada again, and uh, kind of uh, small note. Pretty excited about the. The merger, successful merger here for uh, Tesla and Solar City. Just finished watching that. Um, something else that popped up uh, right around the same time on Electrek um, that I was looking at is there's a bunch of pictures that they posted in an article um, of Model 3s found around uh, various locations, including the unveiling, but uh, out in the wild. And I know these are design concept cars and visual design takes over for um, practicality in some senses. But what I thought was really interesting is that none of the rims on the vehicles uh, that are out uh, on public streets, none of the rims show valve 
stems for um, for airing up the tires. And as I say, these rims could just be more visual design right now than uh, practicality, but uh, there are no visible valve stems sticking out uh, where you would normally see them on a vehicle. Just thought, what you, just wondering what you thought about that or what anyone else thinks about that, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Thanks for the podcast. Love listening to it every week. Bye. Walter, that is a keen, keen observation, my friend. I had not noticed that. And since you bring it up, uh, one thing I had noticed is that those prototypes don't show any lug nuts either. So maybe they're hiding both of those, the valve stems and the lug nuts behind the wheels as well. And uh, as you note, I w it's going to be very interesting to see if those two little aesthetic details end up making it to production like that, or if on the final production car we're going to see lug nuts and we're going to see valve stem covers. Uh, that, will, that will be a, a neat little aesthetic detail to keep an eye on. Three more questions queued up for you. Three more calls, I should say. Next up, Shelby from Santa Clara has an idea regarding autopilot. Shelby, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. Shelby from Santa Clara. Uh, love the show. And uh, just wanting to register an idea about autopilot uh, for Tesla uh, as it's coming into play. And it seems to me that it would be good to have something like a uh, stoplight type of idea where some some indicator on the dashboard or maybe the whole color of the dashboard be, would be red if it's an area on the road that the car considers that autopilot is denied red yellow autopilot is in supervision mode and then green would be areas that autopilot determines uh, that autonomous driving recommended. And uh, that way uh, drivers would know what they might be doing in these different areas and the car might actually restrict things uh, for those areas. And over time, the areas could change. I don't think this could be put on signs on the road so much because each auto manufacturer would uh, have capabilities that would differ. And then uh, those capabilities could be uh, registered, if you will, with the, uh, with the Highway Safety Board or somebody. And uh, that way... Uh, the uh, the regulators or the highway uh, people could also put on signs to increase the amount of places that are green, etc. But the concept is to have the autopilots uh, able to determine what kind of uh, use of an autopilot type of capability would be appropriate for each type of road. Thanks. Bye. Shelby, I don't have much of a response to your call other than to say, I like your suggestion. I like it. it. Because that might help take some of the heat off of Tesla that they've been receiving, uh, much of it unfairly, in my opinion, over autopilot. And But the, the, the one thing, constructive thing I did want to add to your call that's uh, hopefully helpful to some other folks out there as well is you can email that feature idea, that software feature idea, to Tesla at this address, servicehelpna, as in North America. So servicehelpna at teslamotors.com. And that is a, I, I'm told that is a place that Tesla will you know, at least monitor that and, and pass along any relevant suggestions to the appropriate teams. Next up, uh, he doesn't identify himself on this call, but he actually was very sweet. He left three calls on three different topics. So I wanted to just play one of them and answer two of his questions. His name is James. He's from the Bay Area. Uh, and here he asks about 4G LTE in the cars, which is a, this is a good topic to bring up for those of us that haven't been following Tesla since, you know, 2012 when the S hit. So James, you're on the air, my friend. Hey, what's going on, McCaff? Just had a quick question. I didn't know if this was answered on a previous episode or not. I've only been listening since the Model 3 release, but 
the cellular connection that comes with the car, is that something that is uh, baked into the cost of the car up front? Or do is there a monthly reoccurring charge for that cellular connection? Because I know it has to keep in contact with the Tesla command center, if you will. Uh, yeah, how does that work? And how much is it? Or, uh, yeah, I've just always wanted to know. Shout out to MTB. The short answer for you, James, is that uh, nothing is charged for S and X owners. There is no charge. Now, there's no guarantee that it will continue to be that way as Tesla scales way up in the next couple of years. The original plan from the, on the S was that it was going to be free for a little while. Like I think it was three or four years. And then Tesla would start charging a monthly fee. But Tesla has never pursued that. So we'll see what they do with the Model 3. I'm hoping that they've created such an expectation now that they won't ever try they won't ever even try to charge you for it. But it's possible that they could. You know, it's still possible that they could. You know, they might just give you a free year with it or something, or even maybe three years, maybe four years. But uh, and then if you want that slacker radio and some of the other infotainment things, they'll start charging you. I suspect. I mean, the, all the cars will have the, the 4G LTE radios for things like, you know, communicating autopilot data, self-driving data, etc. But I, I do wonder if they'll end up at some point putting a, uh, putting a fee on, on the sort of infotainment side of that. Hopefully not. Hopefully there's been enough of, enough of an expectation, enough of a, of a uh, yeah, an expectation built up from the last, you know, four years of Model S and one year of Model X that that uh, they will never do it. They'll just continue to subsidize that, those data costs themselves. Uh, and by the way, so his other, his other question, James's other question that he sent in was, uh, was about what would my dream configuration be? I th- I've, maybe I've said this before, but James did say he's a, he's a, a fairly newer listener. And I, I'll tell you exactly what I want because I don't, I don't even need to be looking at the design studio to tell you because on a semi-regular basis, I just bring up the web page and I just configure my dream Tesla and I you know look at the price knowing I'll never be able to afford it. But my dream scenario, and I've said, like I would actually, even though the I do feel that the S is unequivocally the sexier car and it certainly has the higher performance, the X's performance now in ludicrous mode is is so unbelievable that you're not losing. You're still going to be able to blow away almost anybody, and you're still going to have a really really fun time. So, because of my history with the DeLorean, you know, my 12 years owning a DeLorean, and my my uh, just lifelong affinity for Gullwing Doors and the Gullwing Door family from you know falling in love with the DeLorean as a kid, seeing Back to the Future, I actually would choose the Model X. Uh, if you if you gave me the choice between S and X, I would choose the X. I would get it in multi-coat red, uh, since signature red is not available. I have seen a signature red Model X. I've seen several of them in person. Signature red looks amazing on the Model X, particularly with the 22-inch silver turbine wheels. But anyway, uh, I would get a P100D Model X in multi-coat red, with the onyx black 22-inch wheels, a six-seat white interior with the carbon fiber trim, the black headliner, and the, of course, enhanced autopilot, full self-driving. Uh, I'd get the sound package. Uh, but And then, honestly, oh, and then the premium upgrade so I could have the uh, auto-opening doors, the self-presenting doors. And then honestly, I here in the Bay Area, I don't need the Sub-Zero package, and I don't need, I would never tow anything, so I, I wouldn't bother with the towing package. So I would get almost everything, but not quite. But there you go. That, that would be, if that showed up on my doorstep tomorrow, like I would, I would weep. I mean, if any, <laughs> if any Tesla showed up uh, for me on my doorstep, I would weep. But yeah, that, that would be the dream configuration for me. Uh, so thank you so much, James, for your calls. One more call for you this week. And, oh my goodness, I'm such a bad, uh, oh, no, this is, sorry, this is Lawton from Chicago. I forgot to, I wrote down the file name <laughs> that he emailed, but no, it's, uh, it's our friend Lawton from Chicago, uh, who is curious about the, sort of the, there isn't a question to be had of 
whether or not the safety features on Model 3 will be fully taken advantage of if you don't purchase all of the software unlocks for all those features. So Lawton, you're on the air, my friend. Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Want to comment and get your thoughts on the topic of safety and optional software upgrades, namely enhanced autopilot and full self-driving capability. Most current Teslas are actively gathering data to enhance autopilot and prepare for self-driving, regardless of whether the software upgrade has been purchased. My question is, will safety features, regardless of software purchase, take full advantage of all sensors? If the driver did not purchase the software upgrade, will the car still attempt to prevent an accident if it perceives, say, a 99.9% .9 probability of occurring? Not acting on available data, which could have prevented an accident, could potentially place Tesla in a morally dubious situation. While I believe that Tesla and Elon Musk will make the moral decision to reduce driver injury whenever possible, thus keeping Teslas as the safest cars on the road, the website may introduce some ambiguity. Back in March, the original Model 3 standard features included autopilot safety features. However, around May, it changed to just autopilot hardware. On the current autopilot webpage, it mentions that full self-driving capability doubles the number of active cameras from 4 to 8. Does this mean that otherwise only 4 cameras are used? As always, look forward to your thoughts. Keep up the great work, especially with all the non-stop news. Well, Lawton, I, I'll tell you, I think we've seen enough of who Elon actually is, I think, to, to, to be able to confidently answer this question with, yes, I really believe that the car is going to be as safe as it possibly can be, no matter which features you have or have not paid to unlock. Now, Elon's talked about how autopilot uh, was the morally right thing to do, uh, to roll out, even if it only saved 1% uh, more lives compared to uh, uh, not having autopilot. Uh, in fact, of course, the number is much higher than that, but... You know, and he's made similar comments over the past couple of years about safety as well. So I'm really confident in saying that, that Elon's never going to take the cheap way out or take the money-grubbing way out. I, I mean, if, if Elon, if we wanted to tag him with a nickname, it would be, I think it'd be like Elon Safety First Musk. And I, I say that, you know, half in jest, but I really do think that the, the, the man that, that has uh, been running this company has shown himself to be someone who really ultimately cares a lot about safety. So Lawton, thank you for that. And again, if you would like to participate, I, I love this part of the show uh, where I can hear from you guys about what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Give me a call, toll free, anytime, phone or Skype. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Or you can uh, email me a recording from your phone or whatever for your computer as well. So We'll get more calls from you guys next week, and I'll be right back to wrap things up for you here in just a second. I want to start by uh, saying thank you to my Patreon producers. These are the very, very kind folks who support the podcast and all the effort that goes into it at the $20 or higher level. I want to welcome the newest member of that Patreon producer club, and that's Michael Lucas. And along with Michael, there's Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, and Scott Gillis. Thank you all so much uh, for your continued support. And uh, if you would like to take a look at how you can support my, uh, my weekly efforts here. The website on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash teslapodcast, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I'd be mighty grateful if you'd at least give that page a look. Uh, abstractocean.com, I remind you uh, every week that they, they continue to, to roll out with a discount for listeners of this show. They've got a bunch of cool Tesla accessories. I sort of mentioned the, the highlights every week, and the, you know it's their... Their most popular stuff uh, appear, appears to be the silicon key fob pockets for you S and X owners, uh, and for maybe for you both owners and non-owners, the cool Tesla lanyards that they have. So uh, take a look, and you can get 20% off. So it's uh, the, the site is abstractocean.com. 
The coupon code to enter at checkout to get 20% off your order is RTL Podcast. Uh, subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, which is awesome. He sends it out every Friday. TeslaWeekly.com, very easy site to remember. Give it a visit. Teslarati.com, uh, they are very, very kind to uh, help spread the word on the podcast. They post about it each and every week when a new episode comes out. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. As the, and as I've mentioned earlier in the show, you can always email me any of your thoughts anytime. Tesla podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, for, for, if you're a newer listener, please subscribe. That just Then it, the podcast just automatically downloads to you. You can do that in iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or just the on the site. There are MP3 down on the hosting site. There's uh, individual MP3 downloads, or you can just grab the subscribe to the RSS feed. And that site is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N. That'll wrap it up for me. Uh, hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving week for those of you who are Americans and are celebrating. And uh, I'm uh, actually eyeing a little special treat for next week's show in anticipation of it being a slow news week. So hopefully that will all come to fruition. And in the meantime, I wish you all again a wonderful Thanksgiving week, Thanksgiving holiday, and happy electric motoring.